you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, December 13th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, mm-hmm. Chris Rager, and Jason McCourty. Guys, controversial anger runs is kind of stressing me out. Kyle, are you are you feeling it? Are you feeling the heat? I love it. You I'm always it. feeling the heat. See the anger run scepter? We give it out every Tuesday. Today it went to Kenny the Jet Smith from the NBA and TNT. He beat Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs. And I'm also hearing from Houston Texans fans who got Damian Pierce got robbed. Guys, Houston would you rather Damian Pierce wins that or Kenny Smith wins that he won two NBA titles for you? <laughs> come on, let's go. They need to win right now. Mario Elli. Come on, why not? Uh, so we love it. It's called Angry Runs. The people are angry. Mario, I don't mind it. And I apologize for nothing. The trigger is Pacheco and Damian Pierce to have more angry runs to qualify again, then so be it. We welcome that too. probably angrier now. Exactly. Hey, let's welcome the lead block. All right, playoff picture. Let's talk some impact games this weekend. It's only Tuesday, but... The schedule is forming in a way that over the next couple weeks, we have a lot of teams that we want to keep an eye on, specifically in the middle of the screen. Screen. A couple of the AFC, AFC teams that you want to watch this weekend, the Patriots have to go to Las Vegas. The Titans are headed to L.A. to play the Chargers. And then Saturday night is a great doozy between the Dolphins and the Bills. That's just to name a couple, but they're the Patriots sit in the final wildcard spot. And then here's the NFC. The only team thus far that has clinched a playoff berth are those Eagles that can no one can stymie them. Mm-hmm. The Commanders are the only team to have done so thus far this season. 
And again, the Seahawks, they have been lurking for quite some time, but right now the NFC East has it on lock. Week 15, chock full of games, as we mentioned. Playoff implications aplenty. Kyle, which one catches your eye? Saturday Night Lights, Buffalo Bills at home versus Miami Dolphins. Come with me, if you will, back to September. Let's try to remember the setting here. A lot of people pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Very popular pick. Opening night, they come out, destroy the reigning Super Bowl champ Rams. Week two, the Bills beat the Titans 41-7. to All right, they're the best team in the league. They're the number one in the power rankings. Everyone's starting to say, oh, my God, the Bills are going to Super Bowl. Then they go down to Miami and lose. They lost in a really strange way. Josh Allen threw 63 passes with no interceptions, ran it eight times, and they scored 19 points. It doesn't make sense, and this is why. I talked to Josh yesterday. I said, what the hell happened in that game? So the red zone, we, we get to the red zone, we couldn't score. We could not score. They had so many times inexplicably where they would just fly down the field and then they weren't getting touchdowns, which is something that they do really well. You think Josh Allen throws 63 passes, they're going to have 63 points. No, Miami did a thing to him in this game where they could not get the ball. And there was, there was a play where Josh had a receiver wide open and one hopped it. It was just a strange off day. And at the end of it, this was a super hot game. And I remember, Jason, you talked about the advantage there. Josh has said, like, the, never mind our home field advantage. Miami's is crazy with their weather. Sideline is 20 degrees hotter. Everyone was gassed and totally depleted at the end of the game. And the Bills lost. And if you listen to some of their critics, the Bills have not been the same since this loss. They have not been the juggernaut. This is the last play of the game, which led to them not being able to snap it, which led to Ken Dorsey trashing his Microsoft Surface. And I think the air of invincibility of the Buffalo Bills lasted about three weeks, and it went out. So I'm watching this game. Weather's going to be a factor. We're talking about it all week. But also, like, finish those drives. They should have won this game by two touchdowns. But to Miami's credit, they kept them out in the end zone. So if the Bills are going up and down the field, watch what happens inside the 10-yard line. It was really messing them up last time around. Yeah. I, I think it's everything. It's a Saturday night game. It's in the cold. And we discussed earlier in the show whether Miami can win a cold-weather game. Because if they go into the playoffs and they don't win the division, they're going to have to go to Kansas City. They're going to have to go to Buffalo. They're going to have to go to Cincinnati or Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And Miami's going to have to win on the road. <clears throat> I'm looking at two teams in a game this week that really has me intrigued. All right, It's a 1 o'clock game. It's on CBS. And right now, I'm not sure which team I would pick if I had to take one. Detroit travels to New Jersey to play the Jets. Two teams that are hovering right outside that playoff picture. And the Jets have lost a few in a row. The Lions have won a bunch in a row. And I'm going to focus on the Jets right now. Because the Jets, it looked like this was the first year they were going to go to the playoffs in over a decade. Yeah. And they had everything rolling. And, yeah, the defense was hot. And the offense was getting stuff out of the rookies. And Garrett Wilson was stepping his game up. Last week, they gave it their all. But they got the snot beat out of them up in Buffalo. By that, I mean their quarterback just got destroyed. Mm -hmm. Mike White was taking hits from all over from the Buffalo Bills in that rain, in the cold weather. Quinnen Williams goes down with an injury. Now you're looking at backups to the backups and asking them to step up. Lions red hot. Jets desperately need a win. Look at the Jets' schedule here. They're right now right outside the playoff picture. They're in that lurking column that yeah. we have. Lions come to town here. The Jaguars, who you'd think would be a walkover next Thursday night, come to town. And, I, like, the Jags have been winning games, too. The Jags beat the Ravens. Yeah. The Jags beat the Titans. That's not an easy game right now. And then they end at Seattle, at Miami. It's not a simple little walkthrough here. And the Jets don't have any institutional know-how about mm. what it means to be in the playoffs. None. They, the, the guys that were in the playoffs the last time the Jets were there it was Mark Sanchez, and it was LaDainian Tomlinson, and it was Braylon Edwards. This Jets group has no idea what playoff football is like. Very curious to see what this team does over this down the stretch. 
and the Lions are red hot. I don't think the Jets should be favored in this game. Detroit seems red hot, and the Jets, they're going in the wrong direction, yet they can stop that narrative and they can get a win. Lions-Jets in Week 15. Who would have ever thought that's my marquee game? I love that. You talked about two teams at different points in their season, and I'm going to piggyback off of that. I'm going to talk about the Titans and the Chargers. The Titans were a team. They're always at the top. They're still at the top of their division. But I remember watching them a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. They beat the Green Bay Packers. We watched Derrick Henry mm-hmm. get, a, get a handoff, throw a pass, score a touchdown. And it was just like the Titans are just continuing to roll. They shut down Aaron Rodgers. But since then, they have really struggled. They had the DUI by the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And they lose to the Bengals. And they go ahead and they lose to the, to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They fired a general manager. Then they just lost to the Jaguars. And we watched Derrick Henry with three fumbles in the last three games, something we hardly ever see. And then on the other side of it, you talk about the L.A. Chargers, and they just beat a team, and they won a game on primetime, beating the Miami Dolphins. And Justin Herbert was fantastic. I think we've gotten used to seeing Herbert on primetime making plays and doing what's necessary for their offense to thrive. We watched them versus the Chiefs go down there, score touchdowns, put his team up ahead. But on the defensive side of the ball, they weren't able to follow through. And when we watched that game Sunday night, the defense went out there and was able to shut two of down and Tyreek Hill and this Miami Dolphins offense. Mm-hmm. Other than the Tyreek Hill picking up a fumble, running it, and then his one long pass, they shut them down. So you're talking about two teams on opposite sides of the spectrum. The Tennessee Titans lost their last three games trying to figure out a way to win a game, to go into the playoffs feeling good because I don't think Jacksonville is going to challenge them. You don't? For that. No, Jacksonville's 5-8. Yep, they are. But I, I don't think they're going to challenge them. I think Tennessee is still going to win that division. Mm. But you don't want to have a bad taste going into the playoffs. You want to find a way to win games down the stretch so you're going in with some momentum. Mm. You know who's flirting with a bad taste going into the playoffs is the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. We've kind of stumbled upon this analogy of letting the air out of the balloon. Yeah. And we have a couple of teams that this applies to and I think a pin pops a balloon no faster than a slow leak on your defense. Mm -hmm. The Vikings defense has (laughs) fallen on their faces in the last five weeks and they play good teams but no team in five straight games are so good that you should finish last in the league defensively in some of the most impactful categories known to football mankind. My God. Kevin O'Connell. I know I'm being dramatic, but it's it feels like it's necessary. It's dramatic, though. It's dramatic because Last. it's ter- it's been terrible. Kevin O'Connell has said that the def- defensive coordinator of Minnesota, Ed Donatel, will retain yeah. defensive play calling roles. Uh, people are already writing articles about who could be listed as a replacement because sure. it's that bad. Here's something that one of our researcher extraordinaires, Rich Goldberg, came up with. What's he got? Right now, the Vikings sit last in the NFL in total defense allowed with 403 yards total. Okay. They would be the third team to make the playoffs finishing last in such categories. 400 yards a game they're giving up. 400 yards a game they're giving up. If they make the playoffs, they'd be only the third team to do it. The 57 49ers did it. (laughs) Love that team. The 2011 Packers did it. Sure. And neither of those teams won a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So if the Vikings defense continues at this clip, Things are not going to be going well. And once again, they will fill in the bubble that they are in the expectation room for the Minnesota Vikings Oof. in the playoffs. Boy. Ten wins. How are they doing it? They're going to cruise into the they playoffs. They lose to the Colts. And it's on NFL Network. It's on Saturday. They lose to the Colts at home. Yeah. Not good. That's a bubble pop. Mm-hmm. That's not a slow leak anymore. Speaking of Saturday Still football, the North. that was just a couple Thank of games. Week 15 is spicy. It's a Saturday special. NFL Network is an exclusive home for a triple header. Colts, Vikings, we just teed off on them. That's at 1 o'clock. Kicks things off. Ravens, Browns at 4. The Browns, you know, what are they doing with the Bengals? They're nipping at their heels. A lot to watch on Saturday. Dolphins, Bills, that's your nightcap. 
Peter Schrager will be on the sideline for that game. It's a Saturday show on Triple Header all day, this Saturday only on NFL Network, and you can stream it on NFL+. Plus. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. You know who's awesome? Our next guest. He's one of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history. He's a four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, seven straight seasons with double-digit sacks. Indeed, welcome to the breakfast table, our friend, the man, the myth, the mullet, the legend, Jared Allen. What up, Jared? What up, Jared? So many Good ways morning. to describe you. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, last time we talked, get that down if you, you are. <laughs> I know. Well, I nailed it. I mean, it's, you're easy to describe. Uh, last time we chatted, last time you were on the show, you were about to enter into the weekend of your induction into the Vikings Ring of Honor. That was in October. We have to talk about your entrance because you could have given us a little teaser. You didn't. You kept it secret, and it was fantastic. You rode in on horseback just as you retired. Please give us the backstory to that entrance into U.S. Bank Stadium. Who's oh, yeah. So, yeah. I wish I could take all the credit when they surprised me with uh, with the Ring of Honor, um, you know, announcement. They asked me like, "Hey, would you ride it on a horse?" And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." And then we didn't talk about it for the entire what three four months that I knew. And then Monday before we were getting ready to set to go out there, like, hey, by the way, you still uh, willing to ride a horse then? And I was like, "Oh, okay, we're going to do that. All right, so we'll, let me lay out some stipulations here." I'm like, "Hey, what kind of horse? Like, I need some videos of this thing. I need to we need to do a test run on Saturday." I don't care how well you know broke a horse is. That's that's a uh, that's roll the dice going into eighty thousand screaming fans like that. So it all worked out well, and uh, it turned out to be an epic entrance. It was an absolutely epic entrance, and the reason for it, of course, is now your name hangs in the rafters in Minnesota. The fans love you. The organization loves you. Your history 
is there. What was that day like for you? The whole weekend, your family was there forever to see your number in the raffle. Oh, it was it was beautiful chaos, is what it was. Um, you know, my kids were like, "Dad, why does everybody want to talk to you?" Because you know, at home, I'm just dad. So, uh, but it was cool to go back and like kind of let them see. They were little, you know, when I when I played and, and retired. Now that they're kind of old enough to to understand what what I did. Uh, you know, it was kind of cool for them to see that, to, you know, kind of see the success I had, you know, aftermath of it, I should say. Uh, so it was just, it was just fun to go back and see, you know, everybody we know, you know, from the Minnesota area again, everybody has been a part of that organization. That was a part of my career. Uh, it was, it was humbling. It's surreal, you know, to talk to some old teammates. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a whirlwind. And finally, after, you know, the halftime, you get to just sit down and, uh, you know, crack a cold one and enjoy it with some friends and family. So that was, that was the best part. And I tell you what, it was, it was such a great weekend. The Vikings did it top notch. Um, and every, every aspect of it was, was phenomenal. And then they obviously to have my family there with me was even better. Great. I'm very happy for you. Great organization. That said, Jared, we got to talk about what the hell's going on with the Vikings defense right now. <laughs> Jamie just oh. educated us last segment. They're, lo- they're last in all these categories. They just lost to the Lions. Uh, Vikings-Lions, I'm picturing you chasing Orlovsky out of the end zone. It's not supposed to go like this, <laughs> and yet they're playing in this NFL triple hat of this Saturday against the Colts. Jared, get after it. What, what's going on with the Vikings and their D, and what's the state of this team? You know what? I, I, I caught the box scores. I went back and watched the highlights, and I'll tell you what, I mean, you can just look at it from the stat. I mean, they're not winning at a point of attack. Um, and that's that's the truth of it. Um, and even if, you know, Kurt had a great game, I think they threw for like 425 yards, right? But they ran for like 34 uh, or something. Like, you know, you gotta, they need to get back to balance. When the Vikings were winning, when they were on their hot streak, they were a balanced offense. You know, they're getting 100 plus yards out on the ground. You know, Kurt's throwing for 250 to 350, you know, something like that. You know, whenever your offense gets lopsided, your defense is usually on the field a lot too. Um, and so, you know, they got to win up front. No sacks in the game. Uh, they gave up 134 yards, right? I mean, I could keep listing them. I didn't even know they are in last place on that. But you just check the box scores and look, you can tell they're not winning up front right now. Um, and it's unfortunate because in this league, when you get exposed, every team is going to use that same formula to, to attack you. So, you know, they need to go back and figure it out. Um, fortunately for them, it was just one game and they got a good lead. But unfortunately, like you said, it, I mean, it's Minnesota, Detroit. We don't lose in Detroit. If we do, it's it's rare. Uh, obviously, Detroit's you know hot right now. That's great for the division, but you know with the Vikings have an opportunity to put the division away, you would like to see them uh, compete a little better than that and, and finish it off. And uh, you know, hopefully, this is one of those losses that shakes them up, wakes them up, and they can you know have a good run into the playoffs now. Let's talk a little in, in the weeds here. And we got Jason McCourty, who's a great defender in his own right. But when you hear who should be the defensive play caller, and that's in all the local Minnesota talk radio stuff, like when you're a player and you're a pass rusher, does that stuff even matter? Or is it just like, I got to handle my stuff? The, who's calling the defensive plays and what, who's the coordinator? Tell, take us through the player perspective on that, because that's a big topic in Minnesota uh, this week. Not that you actually, sorry about that, not that you actually care about. Okay who is uh, calling the plays. You just want to trust that the play is being called in the right situation. Right. So, uh, you know, every defense is going to have their base fundamentals. Like when I was playing, we were covered too. And when we got down or when things were going right, and if, and if coach Frazier started calling, you know, random things, that's when you're like, Whoa, whoa let's just go back to basics. So they have a basic pack- package. 
they have a base package that everybody's comfortable with. And I would argue it doesn't matter who's calling it. You need to get these guys comfortable again. You need to get these guys coming off the edge. You need your your interior guys that, to be holding the line of scrimmage. They need to start changing the line of scrimmage and working on the fundamentals. You know, uh, I've, I played in Fangio's defense for a bit in, or in Chicago, so I kind of know Donatello. And those coverages, can, they can be tricky because you have, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a man match zone type concept that they're running and stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it comes down to fundamentals. So, no, I don't think it matters who's calling them. The players and the and the coordinator just got to be on the same page going into the game and, and going into crunch time and know what your base packages are that you do really, really well. And um, and go back to that and get your guys comfortable, get your guys flying around, get your guys making plays. That's so true. That connection is a lot of times as a player, you're in the huddle and you're looking at the situation. You can almost anticipate what your coordinator is going to call because you've been there so many times. But enough of the bad defense that's going on in Come Minnesota. On as we go down the home stretch of the season, is when everybody's opinion starts coming out about the end of the year awards. And on the defensive player side, who's going to win that deep way? Defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons are two names that continue to come up. Jared, I want to know what you think about both of these guys. Both can rush the passer and do so much on the defensive side of the ball. Who do you think has the edge right now? Oh, man, I, I tell you what. I think, you know, Nick's been doing it for a little while. I actually, I'm actually one of those weird guys that think Nick could be even better. Like, I've watched a few of his games, and I see just a, a few things from a, from a stance standpoint. That's a whole other show. He could be even better. That dude's a stud. Uh, but I am really impressed with that young kid in Dallas, Parsons. I think, you know, what he's doing um, so early on in his career um, is is very impressive. And both of them are every down players. So it could go, it could literally go either way. You know, I think Nick Stett got him, you know, a little bit in the stats. Um, but I, I just think, the, I think, man, it's a toss-up. But I, I'm really impressed. I think so. I'd probably give the edge more to Parsons just because of the fact that he's younger and he doesn't have the experience Bosa does. And uh, and that, in my right, you know, my mind is huge because, I mean, that dude's just dominant year. Just, I mean, he's just coming out the gates dominant. So um, it's very impressive to see what he's going to do later, you know, for the rest of his career as well. He is a – they both are wildly talented players. It's a big talent, too, to be a big guy who can catch a football. On Sunday, we saw 300-pound yeah. offensive lineman Panay Sewell Ice the game for the Lions against the Vikings with a first down catch. It was a heck of a play call by Dan Campbell, but he got it done. In 2007, you had not one, but two touchdown receptions oh, yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, do you think that the playbook needs to open up a little bit more to get big guys catching balls more often? Just catch. Well, yeah, because, listen, no offense oh. thrown this way, but why are all the little guys considered skilled players? I just think the big guys are showing our skill set. We should be rightfully called skilled players as well. And I mean, just, I mean, look at it. Look at the athleticism. It's just, it's just yeah. it's uncanny what we could do, up, us big guys could do up front. So, uh, listen, we love our DBs. We love our, our skilled position players, but you got to throw us in the mix every once in a while. Expand the book. Absolutely. Keep them on their toes, especially <laughs> when you have hands like that. Great mitts, Jared Allen. We appreciate you. Vikings, Colts, Saturday, noon. Local, 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. We know you'll be watching because you'll be enraptured with this defense turning things around, Jared. We appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is a really sad day for football, as you mentioned, not just college, but the professional players that he had impact upon that you watch in the NFL now. I was lucky enough to have Mike Leach's first game as a head coach at Mississippi State. They went to Baton Rouge. They played LSU, a place in which he had coached. 
And in an interview, he enlightened me on how the dorms used to back up mm. against Tiger Stadium. And, you know, it just in the middle of a thought about an offensive line or a scheme or his quarterback, he would educate you on the history of the game or what the stadium used to have and what it used to mean and how it influenced him because he was around the game for so long and he knew so many and he was beloved by so many. And the way he coached the style of offense that he put into effect and had such an influence on in the air raid offense was massive by Mike Leach. They beat LSU that day. It was this historic, like, welcome to the SEC moment for Mike Leach. He had had a lot of stops along the way, and I know those coaches and players that he was around in CBS for the SEC, we were so happy to have learned from him. And this is really sad news to learn. We're heartbroken for the game and all those in his family of Mike Leach. This is a really sad day. Peter, you know, you know, you're always the historical context where football for us, you must have a touchstone for Mike Leach. One of the most unique personalities, and that's what I think everyone always appreciated about Mike Leach, he was himself. He would openly talk about unidentified flying objects. He would talk about believing in ghosts. He would talk about how he listened to Howard Stern every day. He was a Stern listener. He was a different breed than the usual typical buttoned-up coach, and he let players be themselves. You go back to those Oklahoma years where he was with Bob Stoops and, 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 Mangi- and uh, Mark Mangino, and they had this team, and it was, you know, a community college or a junior transfer player like Josh Heupel, Heupel would lead them yeah. to the title. And then they would have Jason White come in, and he would lead them. And then he goes to Texas Tech and Washington State and, of course, to Mississippi State. But I look at one player in the NFL now, and it's not any of the, the stars that Mike Leach necessarily coached at Texas Tech or Oklahoma. I look at Gardner Minshew and, like, mm-hmm. what Minshew was all about. Minshew was not a highly recruited player. He was you know, bounced around a bit, goes to Washington State, shows up wearing jean shorts, American flag bandanas, wearing, you know, bikini underwear. And it's like a personality And Mike Leach didn't try to bottle that up. Mike Leach said, go be you, and told that to all his players. I know so many coaches are hurting today because Mike Leach was a great mentor to so many. You see many in the college football landscape now, including Cliff Kingsbury, who was coaching last night. His first gigs were under Mike Leach uh, at Texas Tech. I, I just feel terribly for the Leach family, but I think we lost a real personality and a guy who embraced authenticity, and it's okay to sometimes go outside the lines, even in this structured football world. No doubt. It is a big loss, and it's terrible news. And my memories go to around 2008 when he was at Texas Tech and um, had them as a national power, and he was becoming a national treasure. If you look at something now, like there was a little bit similar in his vibe to what Mike McDaniel is giving us now, which is a very original delivery. You clearly say this guy's completely different. Uh, Mike Leach had had a law degree from Pepperdine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't see head coaches who have that. And um, about the personality, this gentleman in his office had a full pirate motif. He had an animatronic talking pirate. I'm not talking about Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm talking about the peg legs and the parrots, and that's what he was into. And you say, well, that's fun. And that's Also, he had Texas Tech in the top 10. Texas Tech was nothing for years and years and years. He was asked at a press conference once, like impromptu, about what do you tell your players or undergraduates about dating advice? And he just sits back and just starts this casual fireside chat. And I remember vividly, 
he said, well, what you want to do is you want to take him to one of those crazy coffee shops because of that way, if the conversation is not going well, then you can talk about some of the bizarre characters that are coming in and there's sort of a people watching thing, which is in its own way brilliant and also insightful. I remember vividly when Michael Crabtree came out of Texas Tech, who was Leach's guy and who was polarizing in his opinions and his draft stock and everything. Leach was on the warpath for his player. So the Pirates and the dating advice is great, but this was an incredible football coach and almost like a revolutionary coach who changed everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, his loss will be felt uh, around the world as it is at the table today. Yeah, it's very sad. I think when you look at him and everything he was able to accomplish on the football field and the coaching ranks, uh, he was still a father, a grandfather, a husband. And there's a family that is going to be missing him. And that's Mm -hmm. always tough to see. And like you said, we lost a great personality. I was in college during those Texas Tech years. I remember being in my dorm and watching Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree Mm -hmm. and the air raid and they're throwing the ball all over the field and it's just like my goodness I'm happy that we don't have to play against those guys and try to cover them and Mike Leach was always a guy that even at that time before the Twitters and Instagrams he always had sound bites and you would want to watch his press conferences and hear him give a young lady wedding advice after a game (laughs) opposed to talking about some of the other stuff and that was always really cool to see because I think when you're in the mix of football and we often hear being compared to being in the armed forces and things that are very serious and winning and losing so to hear Mike Leach talk about giving dating advice or whatever the case it may be it reminded us that players and coaches are all just normal people living regular lives he had to deal with his children going on giving them dating advice and all all of that, and he let that be seen. And I think for us sitting at home, when I'm sitting in my dorm room and I'm watching that or I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see that, it's just like, my goodness, he's a regular human being. He's a, probably a guy that's fun to be around and just really cool to listen to, to sit down and hear him tell stories. So mm-hmm. the whole world, the sports community, is going to be missing Mike Leach and just very sad to see. Prayers to his family. He was a quarterback that was recruited to BYU. He got hurt before he could play, but he was in that quarterback room with Jim McMahon and Steve Young. That's so cool. He went on to learn his coaching prowess from Norm Chow and Lavelle Edwards. And from those days, the early days at BYU, he became the legend that we all knew and loved of Mike Leach. Um, His influences are widespread across the game of football, and his memory will live on in his game the way he influenced the people around him and the game itself. He was known, as Kyle mentioned, the Pirates. The legacy of college football will live on Mike Leach, gone at the age of 61. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know it, you love it, you need it. It's time to check out the Power Rankings by Dan Hansis. Had a week 15. We always do this according to a theme. We had Kenny the Jet Smith, who won the Anger Run Scepter earlier in the show for knocking over Shaquille O'Neal into a Christmas tree. Let's do it with a theme of 1994 Houston Rockets. Let's go to the Chucky Brown division. Chucky Brown went for about six points a night, contributed to that team. Bottom right-hand corner, the Houston Texans almost beat the Cowboys. They almost got a 32 spot. Got the Colts, who played this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings, and then Broncos. Cardinals. This is no fun down here. Let's go to the Sam Cassell division. Love Sam. Always scrappy as hell. Smile on his face. Upper left-hand corner of the Jaguars. Sneaky Jaguars. Getting a little hot. Raiders. Ugh. Giants. Panthers. Bucks at Al. The Packers coming off a bye playing the Rams this weekend. Let's move to the Otis Thorpe division, though. O-T-I-S. They have so many players on that team. You can't even believe it. There's like 10 famous guys. All right. In the upper left-hand corner, rounding out the top 10 teams league, according to Dan Hanses, the Chargers... The Lions in the top 10. Dan, has that ever been the case since wow. you've been doing this? It's really top cool. 10. Lions, Jets, blah, 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 blah. There's the rest of the team. Let's move on to the dream. Number one pick out of Houston, Akeem Olajuwon, the Eagles. That's easy. Number one team in the league. Niners at two. Oh, those Bengals coming running. Buffalo Bills won four in a row. And then Chiefs, Cowboys, Vikings after having lost to the Lions. Remember, it's power rankings, not power standings. And the Ravens are at number eight. Let's bring in the man behind the power, Dan Hanses. Happy Tuesday to you, Dan. How are you? Hey, how are you? And you you talk 1994 Houston Rockets. I think John Starks, yep. two for 18. Still love you, John. Yeah. Keep mm. shooting. Game seven. Ouch. Starks, he's still shooting. Him and Charles Smith, still shooting. Just still shooting. Uh, Cowboys trying to escape. um, They escaped the Houston Texans. It was a really uh, nerve-wracking game for Cowboys fans. But they slipped to number six on the old power rankings, Dan. How will Dallas' performance in week 14 moving forward impact their rankings? Well, it did impact their rankings. I dropped them. And if you look at their last two weeks, they actually played number 31 and 32 in the power rankings and really didn't look very good except for that one weirdly dominant fourth quarter against the Colts. So they survived against the Texans in a game where they weren't sharp. Dak's thrown too many interceptions this season. He came out and said it, that it's something he has to get cleaned up. They lost the right tackle, Terrence Steele, who Zach Martin said has been their best offensive lineman this year. The week before, they lost their corner, Anthony Brown. So they're being tested a little bit as the schedule now starts to tighten up. And they got a tough game at Jacksonville. It's going to be a, a sneaky, tough one for them. So with the Philly uh, on deck, that's we'll see what happens with the Cowboys late in the season here. Speaking of sneaky tough, let's talk about Brock Purdy. He's a 22-year-old. He outplayed a 23-year veteran, Tom Brady. Brock Purdy and the 49ers took down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Why do you think Brock Purdy was the perfect fit for this Kyle Shanahan offense? 
that was yeah, that was fun to watch Jamie. And I, he proved some things, obviously, uh, that the moment wasn't too big for him, that he could uh, make the throws when called upon, that he could be a facilitator in the way that Jimmy G was. And all of that for me was enough to, you know, I had dipped them down to, I think, seven last week because you just got to see what happens with Mr. Irrelevant. Now we know he, he could play the guitar on some level. The next test is can you do it on the road in a hostile environment in Seattle without Debo Samuel? It's just a fun story to track, and the rest of the team is so good that uh, they get this spot in the power rankings. I think we're all kind of rooting for Brock Purdy to keep this going. I see Nirvana's In Utero behind you, Dan. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. I remember Nevermind comes out, and it's the, the, the most celebrated album. They come out with In Utero, and Nirvana basically says, we don't care about album sales. We're doing this record for us. Mm-hmm. I bring all that up because the Rams were number one in your power rankings when the season started, and they were right there with the Broncos, who were ranked eighth. Now they're 26th and 30th, respectively. Can you remember another time where teams with such high hopes fell, fell through so far down in the rankings? Yeah, Pete, and yeah, shout out to Steve Albini, the producer of In Utero, Great who said, we are not making a pop record. Uh, in the, at this stage of your career, um, whatever. Let's stay on track here. Yeah, it's been every year there are teams that that fall on their face. Obviously, I think this year it's been a little more prominent. The defending champions don't usually struggle at this level like the Rams have. I also had the the Bucks in the top three. I had the Packers in the top five, and and that has led to some fun teams jumping up. Um, like my Jets, like now the Lions, uh, who I didn't think would be a top 10 team this week. But the way things shook out, there was an opening and they made the most sense. I'll throw Washington out there. The Commanders is another team potentially that can make a play here because uh, they get the Giants in their building on Sunday night. They'll get that little primetime pop from the power rankings if they play well. And then they get San Francisco the next week. They win that game. Absolutely. They're a top 10 team. I don't see anybody else that really jumps out to me right now. I love that. I don't have any uh, Nirvana takes. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll go dig in and do some research and come back next week ready to talk Prepared. about it. But we I'll make you a mixtape. In- there yeah. we go. Put it oh. on cassette, too. Like, let's, let's throw it yeah. all the way back. <laughs> uh, we renamed don't our In the Hunt column. Uh, I will. I, I promise. <laughs> and this playoff picture. You see we have it there all the way to the right. All caps lurking mm-hmm. and let's focus on the teams that you have lurking right outside of your top 10 which one of those teams do you believe will be able to make a move and get into that top 10 before the season ends yeah i you know i what about creepers on the outside maybe that's some negative connotation connotation <laughs> for outside the top 10 uh, but you, there's some great visuals there um yeah, I was I was going to say the Lions were going to be my pick. I didn't think the Lions would be the team that would make the top 10, but it's just so strange. You have the way the top 10 is set up. There's six teams that I feel super confident about that you can see at the top of the power rings. And then the Vikings, I have some doubts about, but they make sense is to keep it the number seven spot. That eight through 12, eight through 14 is wide open right now. So the Lions at um, what their record is finding the top 10 shows you that it is anybody can get into this dance in January and make a serious run. I will again say the commanders are my pick there. Dan, all apologies, but we got to end the segment. Be sure to check out NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday at NFL.com. I would make a reference to Heart Shaped Box, but that is a very naughty song. So we'll just say goodbye. See you later, Dan. Love you. Later, gang. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.